Hello folks, it's episode 2 of the re-release of The Streets of Avalon, actual play audio drama. Before we get into the story, I wanted to read a short excerpt from the book, a little preview for you folks who are tuning into this. The City of Avalon The first thing you need to understand about Avalon is you never speak with a lamplighter. They're the tall, white-skinned creatures wearing the black cloaks that light the lamps in the city at dusk and put them out at dawn. They're eyeless, but their paper-like skin patches see everything. Their flesh stretches so tightly over their emaciated bodies it looks like they'll snap into jagged pieces as they amble down the streets, and their voices sound like a dried-out forge bellows echoing deep in a cavern. People who speak with them without the right gifts often get killed out of hand, and believe you me, no one cares. Hell, hearing even a few words of a lamplighter is often worse than just getting killed. Those lamplighters know many things, but they charge steep prices. Eyes, memories, and some even say souls. So remember, never speak with a lamplighter unless you have no choice. A quote from Mara Solanus, Bard of the South Ward. Architecture and City Regions Many outlanders on their first visit to the city have compared the building design of Avalon to a bad lotus-induced vision. The twisting towers, crumbling stone walls, and worm-eaten timbers give the impression that the architects were quite mad, or at least had a severe case of vertigo. Common buildings are two, three, or more story affairs with steep roofs, rough wooden walls, and patched stone foundations with minimal, if any, open space or grass around them. Many families have lived or worked in the same buildings for many generations, with some of the constructions having been around since the earliest eras of the city's history, though constantly patched, expanded, and modified over the years. The nobles and those who can afford them have homes made mostly of stone with massive towers that strain to pierce the smog line that traps the commoners. Landscaping is of equal importance to the wealthy, with even the smallest mansion finding space for a garden, and sometimes a small stable for the horses and carriage. Larger estates boast multiple buildings, yards with lush, private gardens, and gates and walls to keep those inside safe from the city's less reputable inhabitants. Most homes, whether grand or humble, have a cellar for storage. Sometimes this is a simple, roughly dug root affair, and sometimes it is a fully developed area of underground rooms, cells, and chambers for various purposes. Some cellars even have direct or indirect access to the sewer system of Avalon, either by design or accident. While the streets of Avalon are noted for being crowded, and the worst of them commonly filled with refuse, the rooftops provide a quick, albeit dangerous, path to almost any city destination. The shingled and tiled roofs offer a network of pathways and walkways made of wood, clay shingle, and stone, close enough together that many of these roofways are only separated by a small gap, making foot travel fairly simple. As long as the path is in good repair and the soot and stale rainwater haven't made the paths too slick, a person shouldn't end up broken at the bottom of a trash-filled alley, providing they pay careful attention to their route. That's all for this week, but next week we'll be back with some more excerpts from the book. Now on with The Streets of Avalon. Last time on The Streets of Avalon, our rogues find themselves with a box everyone seems to want after getting into a brutal fight with a hammerite and her thugs. They have Violet the Hammerite bound and gagged, but shape-shifting creatures appear and try to take the box. Our rogues fight off a few of them, but it seems there are more in the Iron Wheel. And Vassar finds himself following a cat for answers? Now let's see what our rogues have in store for us today. 
Welcome to the Streets of Avalon, played by the Wednesday Evening Podcast All-Stars, and presented by Misdirected Mark Productions, in conjunction with Gaming and BS, She's a Super Geek, and the Knights of the Night. Now for the introductions of our GM, the players, and the characters. Uh, Brett B. from Gaming and BS, I am the Dungeon Master. Hi there, this is Kevin Lovecraft. I'm playing a bard in this 5e campaign. Maris Salanas. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm one of the GMs and editors of Knights of the Night Actual Play Podcast. I am uh, playing a druid character, Nora Maginnis, also known as Grandmother. I'm Emily from She's a Super Geek. I make up about one half of it, technically. I am playing a ranger, Fionn McFinnegan. And my name is Chris Nizak, and I am one of the hosts and, uh, I guess, the architect of Misdirected Mark Productions. I am playing a character called Vassar Vim. I am a rogue who lives on the hard streets of Avalon, and I turn the microphone over to Brett B. Vassar, cute little kitten paws go through the muck, and the cat stops practically to lick itself because it clearly cannot stand the mud. <clears throat> you make your way behind the barn... The, uh, the still smoldering slightly from where Maris put all the fires out and so forth. At least it stopped raining. Yes. You make your way behind that. There is a beautiful street lamp that's here. You show up and you see a lamplighter just starting to uh, put the stick to it. Lamplighter is about seven feet tall. As it, it turns to acknowledge you, it just is skin where the eyes should be. There's no eyes of any kind, no eye sockets, nothing like that. It's just this chalky, nasty white hide. They do have a needly-like teeth, kind of a very flat, almost skull-like nose. The hood is pulled up, kind of like the caricature, if you will, of, a, of the old death with the scythe. Instead of the scythe, that has a long lamplighter's crook that reaches up, touches the uh, oil lamp. And uh, looks at you and says, Good evening, Vassar Vim. Uh, hello, Lamplighter. How fair are you this evening? Darker than most nights, but lighter than some. Is the cat leading me to the Lamplighter? Yep, the cat looks at you, looks at the Lamplighter, looks at you like, Come on, dude, I, I made this thing happen. If you guys don't talk, nothing's going to happen. I have a question to ask if you, if you have the time, sir. Oh, I have nothing but time. My rounds are almost complete. If you would with me to my next. Absolutely. I fall in beside the Lamplighter, which is terrifying. I'm going to need a um, a wisdom save from you, sir. Sure. Uh, I got a 16. Nicely done. I only, need, I only needed a 12. Okay, good. <laughs> Vassar's able to keep his um, stomach where it belongs. The <laughs> butterflies are there, but the vomit isn't, so that's, that's a plus. Skeletal hands, they're not clawed. It just has that, you know, I have five yards of body, but only three yards of flesh stretched really, really tight across the whole thing. He says to you, or it says, very hard to tell gender at this stage. I understand that you have some problems seeing your mother this evening. I do. Apparently these things have replaced people that I care about. Replacement is more difficult than simply mocking. It's true. I guess they're just mocking people that I care about then, looking like them. They're these alien-like creatures with tongues, and it's like stabbing clay. Yes. Looks like, but not completely. They are mocking, but have not replaced. That means there are differences that you... He looks right at you and points his nasty clawed finger right between your eyes, taps your bridge of your nose. You can see if you know what to look for. Maybe could you tell me what I should be looking for? Absolutely. 
walks on <laughs> a little bit further. They're like, ah, curse you thing. I walk and catch up with them after that. I'm like, okay, okay, you got me. What should I be looking for? Do you still have the box? I don't, but a friend of mine does, I think. You need to make sure the box is safe. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Do you, do you, do you want the box? Hands up, it stops dead, looks at you. I will not take the box, even if you ask. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I'm going to, uh, go now, because I know that you're busy, and you have a lovely evening. Look for the eyes. Look for the- And you can see it there. Look for the eyes, and you can see it there. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. You are most welcome. Meow. I pet the cat a couple more times, and then I run off. Excellent. Fionn, Nora, and Maris. At this point, you believe that you have another one of these shape-changing creatures upstairs, pretending to be or has replaced Vassar's mother. You are not sure where Allison is or Henry. At this point, people are believing that Henry may well be dead, and the thing replaced it. We're not sure about Vassar's mom. Maris, you had asked about Allison. Through the discussion, Nora would have kind of done the whole pointing to the kitchen thing, saying that's where I saw her last, and that's the outdoor she was going through. Morris, what's your plan? I'm just going to go up the stairs and look down the hall, make sure the door is still secured. There is a woman's hand that shuts the door ever so quietly and just barely discernible. Uh, guys? It's in the room, but it was by the door. Things trying to get out. You say this out loud? Oh, yeah. Nora and Fionn, you hear that, guys, it's trying to get out, quite loudly from upstairs. Check outside so it doesn't go the other way. All right. I'll climb back out the window. Maros, you hear a moan groan from the room to your right. So at the top of the stairs, this is an inn. This is where most of the uh, common, the rooms for rent are. On the left-hand side is where you believe the creature is. On the right-hand side, that door is shut, but you hear a low moaning from in there. Nora, what were you doing? I am going back upstairs. Fionn, you hop out the window. You see Vassar uh, coming around the corner from behind the uh, barn, and there's a cat next to him. The mother that was upstairs is also one of those things. Uh, Maybe getting out, I'm going to check the window to make sure it doesn't get out. And I'm not sure if Violet has been replaced, and we don't know where what's-her-name the pretty blonde is. Or your mother, actually. Sorry, I guess. I look her in the eyes. You want to see how she looks. There's a couple different ways to look a person in the eye, right? You're looking for, strangely, the pupils dilate. Uh, they've got a cra- crazy crease. One eye is different than the other. What is your assumption as to what the hell that actually meant? Uh, look for the eyes and you'll see it there. So I, I'm looking into her eyes to see if they look like the eyes that I looked into before. Ah, very nice. Okay, give me an investigation roll. Oh, uh, I got 11. Not bad. I'm only looking for a 10. This is definitely her. There's nothing inhuman or unnormal about her at all. You're dead positive. This is exact. This is Fionn. This is a person. This is not one of those things. Uh, I relaxed then, and I'm like, okay. So what's the play? As he is looking into her eyes, the when the camera like shifts to Fionn, it's like all soft and fuzzy, <laughs> and she's got like bitchy sparkles. I love the idea of, like, there's this dark, brooding, almost noir-like camera angle of Vassar going, is this a creature? What is this thing? I must pierce this veil of her eyes. And, like, this, and this storm, and the like, darkness. And then Fiona's like, oh, my God, he's looking at me. I will always love you. Uh, 
Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Vassar, what did you say? So what's the play? I'm going to go make sure this thing doesn't climb out the window. I'm not sure where the box is. I'm not sure who Violet is inside. I'm not sure where your mother is. Maybe we should go kill that thing that's trying to escape first. Yeah. Uh, tactics is not my forte, but okay. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Let's go do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That I can do. If you got this covered, I'll go inside. Just yell if the thing comes out the window. I'm fine out here in the, stri- in the street, in the dark, by myself, in the city. I don't know. I'll be fine with the dead bodies. There are adorable cats. That's true. There are adorable cats. Oh, so, Fionn, there are six of them total. They have made their way to one of the bodies. The first one, the one that you stabbed in the chest. They're kind of like pawing at its face and whacking it, and they don't appear very pleased with it. Uh, can I roll an animal handling? Yes, you may. Aw, oh, damn. I have no idea if this is normal behavior for a city cat. First things first, city cat and what you have seen in Avalon with the dead in the streets, which is one of the shocking, more shocking things that you and Nora Grandma had encountered on your trip from Eastgate all the way through, is that nightly the liché, the uh, priests of the old faith, will take their corpse carts through the town and will pick up the dead, especially the homeless and the poor destitute who just can't quite make it. So it's conceivable they might just be looking for an easy meal and seeing if this thing is truly dead. You have a very bad feeling there's a lot of carrion feeding that goes on Mm. in this city. Well, I guess in some ways everybody's got to eat. True enough. So I will will go over to the, the side where the window is of the creature that we have locked up. Got it. And put away my short sword, pull out my bow. Vassar, you've gone in through the uh, back door again, back into the common room. This uh, violet person, you come in as she's struggling with her bonds, sees you, and stops immediately. Come on, lady. Unless you really want to die, you should probably just stop. I mean, I could just cut your throat through it in the street, but you should just sit there. And we'll talk later. And then I go up the stairs. (sighs) The deep sigh through the gag. And she just resigns herself. Nora, you make your way up there. Maris, you are... The door to your left is where the creature is. The door to the right has a low moan. I put my back against the wall so that I'm not in between the doors. Fair. And I assume I hear, unless Nora's trying to be super stealthy coming up the stairs, I hear her trat. No, you probably hear knees popping and uh, joints creaking. Oh, I know who's coming. The The thing about Nora is that... She has the creak and the movement of elderly, but my assumption is from looking at her stack, she doesn't have the, <sighs> she doesn't have the exhausted thing. She comes up, she's a spry thing. You said that there's the door that I know that this changeling is in, and there's a sound coming from another door? Yes. So I nod at the door that the changeling, whatever the creature is in, I'm like, that door was open, saw the hand coming out. It closed the door just as I came up to the hallway. But, Grandma, I hear moaning from this room here across the hall. I didn't want to take my eyes off that door and have my back exposed to this other room. So you can either watch this door where the changeling is, or you can take a look and see if someone's injured. Hopefully not injured, but inside might be Julia or Allison or both. I'll take the look, since more than likely I can do more to heal. Excellent. Nora, you open the door. It's not locked. Lying on the floor, you see Allison basically just down to her um, undergarments, and the same with uh, Julia. <laughs> Maris picked the wrong door. Damn it. <laughs> and only I had a chance to look. 
both of the ladies are there. They are kind of groaning. Allison looks up at you. Her eyes just kind of roll back her head, and she's having a very difficult time regaining consciousness. Do either of them look like they're in dire straits if something needs to be done immediately? Julia is bleeding out of her left ear, and uh, Allison has a very serious shiner. The left ear concerns me, yes. Big black eye. But is the assumption is that it could wait for just a moment while we take care of the live grenade in the other room? Absolutely. Nothing in there, nothing makes you go, oh my god, she's going to die if I don't do something. Nothing like that. They've been battered and bruised and beaten, any other B adjective you have, but apart from that, they're good. I close the door quietly and turn back to Marcus and kind of uh, motion towards the other as if, okay, let's handle this. Fionn, you have made your way outside in the alley. Two cats are with you. They are doing an uncat-like thing insofar as they're not in between your feet, desperately trying to kill you by tripping you. So you've made your way to the alley, <coughs> excuse me, where the window opens up outside the room where the creature is. It's about a story and a half above you. The window is shut. Give me a perception check. Not great. I'm very distracted by these cats. It's dark. The lighting is shit. And um, you're a bit shaken. The cats are indeed cute. But distracting is all heck. Vassar, you um, you hear a clanging from the kitchen, and the kitchen door opens up, and uh, Allison comes out holding her head, and she's like, oh, good God, what happened? I look her in the eyes to see if anything is weird. Her head is down. She's kind of looking at the floor, eyes closed, holding her head like, oh, oh, this hurts, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. I pull my sword up. I'm like, look at me. What? Vassar, what is wrong with you? Oh, God, somebody hit me. Look up. She kind of looks at you like, what? She has a little lump on the side of her head, bit of a shine to it. Yeah, I look her right in the eyes to see if there's anything weird about them. Give me another roll, same as before. It's investigation, right? Investigation. We're piecing together information. There's a 16. And 16. Nicely done. The eyes, it's not the shape of the eye, it's the shape of the pupil itself. It has almost a cat-like shape, especially in this light. When the eyes blink and they come back out, they don't have the normal circle that has that slit-eyed cat or serpent-like eye. I have my short sword up already. I'm pointing it at her. I lunge forward to stab her, and then I spin after I do with my other sword and slash at her neck. Whew. Go for it. Nope. She, she kind of has the, are you Are you fine? Is this a... Lord, she backs up. What are you... The first blade whistles past, and then you're doing a second cat? Yeah, the second one was an 11, so I missed... And then the doppelganger attacks back. First claw goes by. Second claw. Look at me go. That got me. There I am. I I can do it. Right hand goes out towards the throat, misses. The other one comes in low underneath the breastbone, grabs a chunk of stomach, and leaves this huge, jagged tear. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. Fionn, give me a perception check, please. Better. Nice. You hear the sound of scuffling inside. There is a yelling exchange between a man and a woman on the ground floor. And then you hear, you've heard, I mean, you've been in combat with Vassar before. You hear the sound from him within the building. No action from the window above. Do you leave your post? But what would grandmother think if Vassar dies and I could have saved him? Just think how grateful he'd be if you saved him. Is the door open? The door to the back is indeed open. Can I see what's happening? You'll have to walk back around the side of the building to get a peek in, right? Because you've walked around the edge. Right. So if you zip around, you could take a quick look, but you're going to lose sight of that window. I think I'm going to zip around with my, I mean, I've still got my arrow notched. Yep. And and check out if I can see what's happening. Okay. 
The blade's in its sheath. The arrow's back on the string. Curse the window. You sprint around back. You look through the open door, and you see um, Vassar blades out two, his two short swords, and he is in hand-to-hand combat with a woman who lo- what looks like Allison. Her hands are extended. The body of Allison, her face, her figure, everything else is the same. Her right and left hands, though, seem to have about three-foot-long fingers that end in like these horrible hook-like claws. And she's menacing him with those. He has a rip across his chest. You can see the blood oozing and dripping down to his stomach. I want to try and shoot her. Good, do it. You're gonna. You have. You have advantage. That's not great. Eleven. You miss. Vassar, arrow comes whipping by. That is going to definitely distract the creature. Vassar, go. Okay, I actually drop one of my swords. This is how I disengage. I'm going to disengage, go out the window, but on the way, I'm going to drop a bunch of ball bearings on the ground. Got it. So the way that I disengage is like we're in the kitchen, right? Correct. There's like knives and, and pots and stuff on the on the thing. I actually take my my right arm as I sort of hold across my my belly where it's bleeding, and I slam my sword against all the stuff that's on the counter, the pots, the knives and stuff, and sl- slam it in the air at the uh, creature to distract it. As and then I I go out the window, and as I do, I also rip open my pouch and drop you know 500 ball bearings on the ground, so that's hard for her the, the thing to get out of the room. Apart from um, maneuvering over blunt objects, sharp objects, unwieldy objects, and a rolling pin, now there's 500 ball bearings on the floor as well. Good lord. Okay. That's not a bad uh, method of disengagement. That That is a very nice method. That, that's a fuck you, I dare you to follow me method of disengagement. Nicely done, Vassar. And I yell, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot <laughs> it. All right. She is going to, let's see if this creature's got the, oh, heck no. It takes one step, like, Lord, boom, it is flat, prone on its back. It just comes in, hits the rolling pin, staggers off of that, and then the left foot hits those ball bearings, and boom, it is down on its back. Maris, Nora, you guys hear a horrible ruckus downstairs, a clang, bang, kicking. It sounds like someone took the entire kitchen and just shook it and threw it on the floor. Maris, you have um, the door in front of you. It, it pushes, it doesn't explode in the hallway, it opens up. The door is ripped open from the inside, and you see um, Julia come running out. She has a bandage on her head. She goes, Maris, what's going on? Oh my god, is something happening downstairs? Nora is behind you. The, the thing apparently does not notice Nora. All right, I've got my rapier in my hand, and I hold it up. I'm like, stop right there. Maris, what are you doing? Where's Vassar? Do you have the box? Where's the box? I make this horrible, gross, disgusting sound. It's dissonant whispers. Just has to make a save. What's your DC? 13. With Brett's dice on your side, I don't see how you could fail. Five psychic damage. Okay, so basically you step back and you you mutter. My vision is that with Maris being a bard, it's all the nasty, cutting, barroom, horrible jokes, the vitriol that you've ever wanted to spew at a critic or anybody who, who said, get off the stage is ripping this, is basically just a blast towards this person. Is that accurate, Mars? Oh, actually, it's like an orcish curse that I picked up. Ooh, oh, I like that even better. Okay. That goes off, hits, it knocks her back. Her whole face just warps into the weird alien-like eyes, the grayed skin, the whole bit, the tongue lashes out, and she hisses at you, and she turns and goes for the window. Before she does that, can I act? Absolutely. I was just getting to you, Nora. What are you going to do? Grandmother reaches into a pouch, takes a plant, crushes it in her hands, and goes, 
and blows it. It is a poison spray attack. One die, 12 damage if the creature fails a constitution saving throw. This nasty spray comes right over Maris's shoulder. This withered old lady, poof, wham. How much damage did that do? Oh, come on. Three, not bad. Okay. Well, that's going to stop her from getting out the window, because what happens, the first off, the orcish curse muttered by Maris hits her, kind of cuts a hole right through her verbally, and then the poison spray hits her. She's going to get to the window, but that's going to be as far as she can get. Fionn, you have the next immediate opportunity. The creature is there. It's prone. I'm going to shoot it. I think you get, because it's prone. It's disadvantage with a ranged weapon at prone. If she walked up to it, next to it, and shot it, it would be advantage. No, I, I don't want to walk up to it. You're still going to hit it. Its AC is not that high. So 13, you still peg it. Damage? Five. Five? Okay. And then I'm going to run back because <laughs> I'm going to assume that I, I have killed it. Okay. I'm going to go run back to my post. <laughs> How could it not die? The last person I shot with an arrow died. Uh, clearly. All right, Vassar, you're out. The window, you're in You're in the alleyway. You have a blade in your left hand. I do. And then I turn after I see the arrow go in there, and I'm like, well, that thing might not be dead. So I turn, run back into the thing, and dive on her and just start stabbing the ever-living love out of it. So out a window, you see Fiona Booker on the door. You're like, okay, I don't think she got it. You hang a hard right, whip through the door, in through, both feet off the ground, full on Conan leap onto this thing. Yeah, knees into the back of it, and then uh, I pull my dagger out in the process and start stabbing it with dagger and sword at the same time. All right. 17 points of damage. Yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. Bits of it go places. Not, I mean, the entire body doesn't go anywhere, but the chunks that you've carved off have flown about three or four feet away from. Yeah, I took off an arm, and then I put the dagger in its spine. Yep. So the right arm is gone. You've com- you popped it from the shoulder knuckle, basically. That's come completely off. The dagger has gone into the spine, and you've just kind of wrenched it back and forth. Um, it'll it'll fold in two, really easy now for uh for on on uh like if you want to put that in a bag to carry on a plane, it'll go fit easier for you. <laughs> I whisper in its ear. I'm like, that's what you get for clawing me. <laughs> nice. All right, Morris. I am uh, gonna step back over to. The side, so that uh, Nora can get uh, line of sight. All right. Nora has a thorn whip spell in which she can yank this person back towards us so that Maris can finish her off, or it off. So the thing has been verbally stabbed. It was poison clouded. It's made its way to the window. Maris does a quick sidestep to the left, rapier poise for the killing thrust. Slash, Nora whips out with a thorn whip, materializing out of her hand. Not so good. That goes by... All right, Maris. The creature apparently was a little bit farther away than Grandma expected. The whip goes crack. The whip is going to snap. There's going to be like a little shower of thorns that kind of come off the blast of the uh, whip cracking at that subsonic pace. What are you going to do, Maris? I am going to charge it with my rapier that I already had out in my right hand and see if I can stick it in the back. Roll the hit. No. All right. So you come up behind it. Between the thorn whip cracking, it moves to avoid the whip. It readjusts itself back. The rapier slides past it. No go. Fionn, you come back around the corner. There are six cats sitting there expectantly, kind of looking up at the window. The window has swung open. The shutters are open. The glass portion of it has creaked open. You hear screeching, the cracking of a whip. You hear grandmother's spell casting. You know this sound. <laughs> I usually duck and cover. <laughs> exactly. There's the snap. You're like, ooh, I've seen her use that before. That hurts. The thing is now kind of at the windowsill, 
It's up. Its torso is out the window, right? It's going to leap out of the window. Directly across from it is a lower rooftop. So, Fiona, what it's planning to do is it's going to leap out of here onto the roof. I want to shoot it when it's not in motion. Okay, go. Bam. That's pretty good, girl. 18. It's the anxiety of disappointing grandmother. Ooh, 11 damage. The creature gets its upper body out, left leg on the windowsill. It's going to do the whole just push and leap. And Fionn, quack. I mean, she used to shoot grouse on the wing. <laughs> this is nothing. It's a big target in a window with a backlit moon. Hello. Thwack. Okay. Nora and Maris. Nora, you see that beautiful red shafted arrow that you've seen a thousand times before? Comes, erupts out the back. It twists. You see the uh, four fletching feathers that are one of Fionn's trademarks. Out, flip, down, lands in the muck at Fionn's feet. The cats have scattered mm-hmm. to give the creature room, of course. Grandmother looks out the window, smiles down at Fionn, and nods. Maris leans out, thumbs up. Nice shooting, Fionn. Or red, whichever you prefer. Thanks. Um, okay. Did you, did you find, uh, any, any real people? Nora is actually heading over across the hall to take a look at the two injured people. Yeah, we did. Found Julia and Allison evidently uh, next door. I haven't looked in on them yet. According to your grandma, they at least are alive. I'm not sure what shape they're in. Right. Well, Vassar was just dancing with another one of those things, so I think we're down four, which I think is the total of creatures. Okay, great. Pull my head back in the window. Now there's a question of, do we need to take one of these corpses inside to dissect it and figure out what it is? Well, Vassar's got one that's partially dissected inside already. Vassar, you stand up off the corpse. You are um, coated in blood and gore. What do you do now? All the noise inside is stopped. You do- there's no more screaming, no more yelling. I walk into the common room, and I look at Violet, and I'm like, You stay there and be good. And then I walk up the stairs with all that gore on me and such. And then I walk up the stairs and be like, where's my mother? She's across the hall. Are you okay? Whose blood is that? Are you you hurt, man? Yeah. It's a little bit of mine, a little bit of its. Nora has gotten um, Allison and Julia up. They were just knocked out. Bit of a heavy blow to mother, to, to Julia Vim, to knock her out. Kind of hence the blood in the left ear. She may lose some hearing in that ear, but nothing permanent. Um, Allison was just clubbed in the back. The third roll was for Vassar when he shows up. Vassar, that that hurt. That was bad. Grandma's able to at least get it clean, get the blood that's not yours off of you. Ow. And uh, do a quick, here, bite this stick and stitch you a touch right quick. Oh, God, that doesn't feel good. These city folks are soft, Grandma. Indeed. Yeah, she just took a chunk out of your belly. Come on. We call that Tuesday back home. Uh, okay, Red. That's nice. Mom, I'm so glad that you're okay. I'm sorry I didn't stop them before they hurt you. Julia looks at you and she says, are you okay? Are you all right? Is that is that all your blood? My bo- Are you okay? It's a little bit of mine, a little bit of theirs. She's hugging and clinging and, uh, oh my God, my son. Oh my God, are you okay? I, I knew this would happen. I knew this was going to happen. Are you Okay. It hurts. Okay, you can stop now, Mom. It doesn't feel good. Sorry, 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 sorry. So let's go. <sighs> um, Allison. Um, I think I think we all need a drink to, to the bar, which is Julia's answer for just about everything. Do you need a hand downstairs, Allison? Hold my elbow out. Oh, thank you, Maris. I I, I just I feel so woozy. I'll help her downstairs. You know, maybe I should get those drinks for us. Why don't you sit down? 
You look pretty shaken up. Oh, that'd be great. I was going to say, you should do it, Maris. You're not hurt. No, I came out of this pretty good, I think. Says the person who also is not hurt. It takes about a half hour. The group is assembled back in the common room. Everyone has chairs and so forth. Nora, what have you done with the box? It takes me about three attempts to dig through different folds of my clothing to find where uh, it's clear. Here it is. The best part is it's not that small of a box either. It's just buried somewhere on her person. Yes, but you haven't seen the kind of clothing we have to wear. There's layers. It's not quite a footlocker, but it's not small either. So, okay. Violet is still bound and gagged. She looks a little more pensive than she did before. Before it was like pent up fury and I'm getting out of here. Damn you all. Curse you to hell with you. What the deuce. And now it's all like, okay, what exactly am I up against? These people are more than they thought they were. Nora, what are you doing with the box? I'm setting it on a, on a table out of her reach, uh, but where everyone else can see it. Grandma's smart. Okay. Vassar, your mother is okay. She's woozy, but Grandma has indicated that she'll that she'll pull through fine. She may have some hearing damage, but other than that, Maris Allison seems like she should be okay. You can't quite tell if she is, oh Maris, um, or if she's really hurt. It's hard to tell. Well, I'm just gonna lap up that praise and attention and <laughs> be so attentive. I'm like, you know what? Why don't I go back in the kitchen and see if I can find some bread and cheese and maybe some sausage for us too? I think. We could all use a bite. Go back there. You hear, oh, my God, sliding around on. What the hell? There's ball bearings all over the place. (laughs) Hey, Mars, can you pick up those ball bearings? I could use them back, please. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. (laughs) Don't fall. (sighs) Also, drag that body outside, man. It's getting blood everywhere. Fine. Fine. Okay. Come out with the breadboard, and it's got a loaf of bread, and cheese and sausage on it and the bread knife jam through the bread set it down on the table go back to the kitchen with my shoulders slumped muttering yeah clean it up pick up the ball bearings take the body up ah. all right so short rest which means you guys can get some hit points back if you would like i'm gonna spend a hit die i was planning before we went into the short rest to try and see if a cat would come in with me because I feel like these cats know something. Absolutely, Fiona. A cat will come in with you. Can I roll animal handling to see if I can commune with the cat and learn something? Absolutely. Basically, you're trying to figure out what the dealio here is, is on this critter. So give me a girl. Not bad. It's a fair-sized tomcat. He appears, well, lazy as most fair-sized tomcats tend to be. <laughs> he does a, a uh, walk. Goes over to Violet. Rubs against her, makes her way to grandma, everyone in the room, mm-hmm. and then comes back and sits down by you and lays purring at your feet. Fassar, I believe you unlocked this box. Oh, uh, I, I did. You never did open it. No, no, I didn't. Did you want to? Violet starts vigorously shaking her head. No, 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 no. I look at the cat. The cat is now sitting up looking at Violet. Is there a reason we shouldn't open this box? Hold on, pay it. The, the cat's looking at the lady over there who's not very nice, and the cat was right before. Maybe we should listen to the cat. <laughs> Violet has this look in her eyes like, they're listening to a cat? Are you serious? If I die because a cat told me I had to die, we're going to go crazy. When she looks at us like that, I'm like, look, you, you don't like it? I'll open the box. <laughs> 
these cats know what's going on. Yeah. I'm going to take her gag off everybody. Is that okay? Yeah. I, I believe that's okay. Uh, I'm going to lazily put my feet up on a table, but uh, take out my, my bow and notch an arrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, that seems like a badass thing to do. Yeah. I look at Fiona and I, I give her like a nod and like and a, and a smile. And then I look at Violet and I'm like, yeah, that. Okay. I'm going to take your gag off now. Don't do anything stupid. Uh, hold on. Is Maris done with the kitchen? You might want to join us. Well, you hear banging, muttered curses, scraping sounds. Julia gets up, grabs Allison, and says, we'll go clean the kitchen. Thanks, Mom. Vassar, she looks, Mom looks at you like, we're going to have to talk about this later, but I need, I need to get this place in order, and I need to not be here right now. Seems fine. Good idea. I'll talk to you later. That'll be an awkward conversation. Maris, the lady of the house, and uh, the lovely Allison come in. They boot you out. And they start uh, reorganizing. All right. You put everything away in the wrong place. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. I've got my shirt kind of held in front of me and made a, like a basket with it. And there's all these ball bearings in there. And I'm like, okay, faster. where do you want these? Uh, I even cleaned the blood off of them. I pull out my pouch. I'm like, right in here. All right. Right in here. Try dumping them. Thank you. I nice. didn't, didn't spill them all over. Yay. Oh, nicely done. Uh, I only found 438. I don't know where the others are. <laughs> you counted them? Well, yeah. I mean, you said get your ball bearings at 500. I, it was just, okay. Didn't know how angry you'd be if it came up short. That's, that's impressive. I'm rather impressed. I can't count. I, that's Didn't a lot think of, I could count that high? No, I figured you could count that high, but that's a lot of counting for, you know, what approximates to 500 ball bearings. I didn't actually count them ever. I just kind of guessed. No, you take a couple, put them on the scale, see how much it weighs, then you put the other, all of them on the scale? If you gentlemen are done talking about your ball bearings. Whoa, that's kind of harsh. That's good. Oh, Grandma with a zinger. Can I use that joke? Okay, Violet, here. And then I just rip it off of her, th- off of her face. Does <sighs> 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 a whole loosening the jaw, crackety crack. <sighs> get the tongue working. <sighs> Can I at least get a drink? I pour some water down her throat. <laughs> it kind of does the spill on the side, down the t- down the front type of thing. She appears to be not too happy with that, but okay. She says, thank you, I guess. Well, yeah, straws don't exist in this world, so what else are you going to do? Well, the other option would have been to cut her loose so she could have served herself, but Vassar's not that stupid. So why are we not opening the box? It's incredibly dangerous. You're going to die. What's inside of it? Just don't open the box. Well, okay, I'll open the box, Grandma. Don't open the box! Tell us what's inside of it, then. Or you might die. I can't tell you what's inside of it. I have sworn an oath. To who? That's fair. That's adorable. I can respect that. What do you Hammerites even care about this box for? Because a lot of people have died. Some of them nicer than others. One of them was my friend. Exactly. More people will die if you open that box. Which people? One more person will die if you don't explain what the box is. If you open the box, you're going to let it loose. It will kill everyone in this building and then work its way through the rest of the city. And unless all the mages from the... <clears throat> unless everyone... It's not going to happen. If you do this, it will go incredibly bad. Do not open the box. So there's a creature or entity in the box. Yes. Do you work for the mages? No. Then why do you want the box? I'm trying to protect the city, and I'm trying to hide the box. I'm watching her as she's having this conversation. Because 
she said she made an oath, right? Like, I get that. My ideal is I'm as good as my word. Like, I get oaths. So. Give me an insight roll there. Uh, no, I only got Nate. The situation is so odd that Vassar, you're having a hard time trying to piece one lie from another. Your gut instinct says something isn't quite right here. It could be a lie of omission or she just can't tell you. So hard to say. Grandmother has a lot of grandchildren. <laughs> yes, she okay. does. They lie a lot. <laughs> She's pretty good at this. And you're also a surrogate grandmother to everybody in the village. And we might lie a lot, too. All right, Grandma. She definitely is hiding something. Um, what she's doing this for is not for the good of the city. She's doing this for the for a very specific purpose. The good of the city is more of a happy circumstance that this would happen. Her keeping and protecting and hiding this thing, by dint of them doing that, it saves other people, but that's really not their goal. And it's definitely a their goal, not just a her thing. I walk over to the box and I relock it. What'd you do that for, Vassar? Give me a wisdom save, Vassar. Sure. Oh, crap. Oh, I fail. There's really no reason not to open a box. I mean, your hands are right on it. I mean, the box is there. It's a box. How do you not open a box? You've already picked the box. I open the box. Can I incite him to see what he's doing? Because I'm, like, on high alert. Yes, you may. Fionn, here's the deal. You are sitting across. He has walked up to the box. You have an arrow in your hand. Your hands are, your feet are up on the table. You see Vassar? He goes, fine then. He walks over, he's got his little locky thing, the thing he used to unlock it. You assume he's just going to relock it. He puts his hand on the lid, cocks the head to one side, he has that, fuck it, I'm opening the box, look. I yell, Vassar, no! Am I at an angle where I could maybe shoot the box? Yes, you could. Um, or the table maybe next to his hand? Basically try to fire a warning shot? Yeah. Okay, give me a roll. 21. Holy crap! Longbow twangs. Vassar, give me another uh, wisdom save. Oh! I'm raising the DC on that one. No. No, 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 no. The arrow goes thunk. Can I spend a point of inspiration that I don't have to roll again? Absolutely. You can. You have earned... You have earned... A, you have absolutely earned a point of inspiration. I will let yeah. you do it. No, nothing. Oh, God. Nope. <clears throat> I open the box. Vassar pops the box open, and um, he looks... It looks like we'll have to wait until next time on Streets of Avalon to see what's in the box, and also answer the questions of why is Violet scared of it, and why is the box so desired. We look forward to running with you rogues next time on the Streets of Avalon.